to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 22nd of April 2018, entitled The Ark of the Covenant, A Type of Christ, Part 4. And the Bible reading is taken from Exodus chapter 25, verses 1 to 22. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Exodus chapter 25. I invite you to stand in honor of the reading of God's holy word. Exodus 25, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. This is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair, and ram skins dyed red and badger skins and shittim wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. They shall make an ark of shittim wood, Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. Thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. Within and without shalt thou overlay it, and shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about. Thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in the four corners thereof. And two rings shall be in the one side of it, and two rings in the other side of it. Thou shalt make staves of shittim wood and overlay them with gold. Thou shalt put the staves into the rings by the sides of the ark, that the ark may be borne with them. The staves shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. Thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall, which I shall give thee. Thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. Thou shalt make two cherubims of gold, of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub on the one end and the other cherub on the other end. Even of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubims on the two ends thereof. The cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be Thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark, and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee, and there will I meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. Father, thank you again for your word that we have before us. Thank you, Lord, for preserving it for us. We do earnestly pray right now, Lord, that you would speak to each and every one of our hearts this evening that which is needed. We give you all the praise and glory for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. We've been looking at this passage of Scripture, which of course is when God first gave instructions for the tabernacle to be built, which is the place that he would meet with his people in that tabernacle. 
And of course, we know that the tabernacle was a pattern of many things to come. It was a picture of that which would come. Nobody ever got saved through the law or through the the things and the, the sacrifices that were all offered up in the tabernacle, but they were a picture of the sacrificial lamb that would come once for all, for all mankind at one point. And as we've been looking, we said that it uh, was no accident that uh, the first instructions that he gave them in all of this uh, that he was going to meet with his people was this for the instructions for the building of the ark. We've looked at a number of things there already. We saw that, first of all, that that even in the origin of the ark, the pattern that was given, it was all completely of God. It was God revealing himself to man. And of course, in the New Testament, the ultimate revelation of God to man was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Uh, and it was, it was completely by God's plan and his perfect timing that the Lord Jesus Christ would come. And of course, the Bible teaches us that when we looked upon Jesus Christ, uh, we saw the very glory of God, God himself. We looked at the materials that the ark were, were made of, the chittim wood, which it was formed with, and that was that incorruptible wood. And, and then that, that wood was completely overlaid inside and out, completely with, with the gold. And of course, as the ark was, was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see in the wood that came out of the earth, we see, we see the, 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 the humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ in, in, in the New Testament, the only incorruptible one that ever walked upon the face of this, uh, this earth in, in, in flesh and blood, and, uh, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. But at the same time, we see completely overlaid with his divinity. He wasn't one or the other. He was completely man, and he was completely God at the same time. And we see that pictured there uh, in the ark and the materials that it was made of. Then we looked last week at the anointing of the ark and how that uh, uh, God gave them the uh, the prescription for making the oil, the, the anointing oil that was set there. And of course, that that anointing was the setting aside of this uh, of this this article. In this case, it was the ark for the purpose that, that that God had for it. And we looked at a number of things there. But then we looked into the New Testament how that, uh, of course, we saw that the same. This was a picture of the same thing. The Lord Jesus Christ Himself. We saw that when He began His ministry to accomplish that work that he was sent here to do. Uh, we saw the baptism of Jesus, and we saw that, uh, uh, that it was there that he was set apart and how that the, the, the dove descended upon him and, and that, uh, uh, that as they looked that Jesus Christ, I mean, that, that God the Father said about his son, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so we looked at a number of things there and, of course, the, uh, uh, the importance of that. But I want us to look one step further this evening as we continue just to look at this, this ark and how that it pictured the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and that was there. And, of course, we find that if you look into uh, to verse 16, uh, the ark was to be designed, it was to be built, it was to be built of this, of this uh, shittim wood, and it was to be overlaid with, with, with the gold and everything. But he tells me in verse 16, and thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. That which was to be put inside of that ark was that which the Lord was going to give to them as a testimony. Of course, what was that testimony? He had not yet given it to them at this point, but what was the testimony that he was talking about that he would give to them? God's law itself. If we look forward just a, a few verses, notice he says again in verse 21, and thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark, and in the ark thou shalt put 
the testimony that I shall give thee, and there will I meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. Again, it was still future tense, but they were going to get that. All that God was going to give them that was going to be his commandment. Now turn just a, a few pages forward in your Bible, and you find in, in Exodus chapter 31, you find that first of all, remember that, that, that the ark was designed to be able to contain something. And that which it was going to contain was the very testimony of God himself. Now in chapter 31, we find there in, in verse 18, we find if we were reading up to this, of course, uh, Moses has gone out to Mount Sinai, meeting with God there, and, and God is going to give Moses something. It was, he's, he's already now got the, uh, uh, the, the, the instructions of what's to go inside of the Ark of the Covenant, but he tells him here, and he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. We find that uh, God had the plans in place before he ever gave the testimony to go inside it. There was already a plan in place as to where that testimony be placed. And we'll see some of the reasons for that. But look forward. Of course, we know what happened is that God gave man his testimony, his laws that he, that he wrote with his finger into the stone. But what did Moses find when he got down off of Mount Sinai? The people already had broken the, the commandments that God had given to them. There they were. They'd set up their golden calf and they were worshiping the false idols and everything. And Moses got so angry with them that he took those stones of those stones, those, those tablets of stone that had God's law written in them, and he literally broke them because he was so angry with the people and how that they were treating God that had just given this for them. Now, so the tablets, God said he was going to give them, and he gave them, but man broke them in more ways than one. Man broke them spiritually, but man broke them literally as well. So you turn forward into chapter 34, and you find that uh, God's word was still going to be fulfilled, though. He'd given them to Moses for the people, God's commandments to his people. Moses had, had broken those. We find in chapter 34 that there's a second table of, of, of the law that's, be, that's being made here. We're not going to, uh, to read all of it, but if you look down into uh, into, uh, say, verse 27, and the Lord said unto Moses, write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the ten commandments. And it came to pass when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand when he came down from the mount that Moses wished not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh to him. God's presence was upon his servant in such a way that the others backed off. They were afraid to come to him. But what I want you to grasp here and what's very, very important for, uh, 
for our purposes is that when the, the, when the plans were first given to Moses for the people and how that they were going to, to build the tabernacle, the first thing that he gave them instruction was how to build this ark of the covenant, this ark, but that ark was being built, and we'll look, and, and as we come to the end, I hope that it begins to come together, that, that ark itself typifying the Lord Jesus Christ, his humanity and his divinity. Of course, there's a very good reason why that the mercy seat was upon that and that God was above that when he met with his people there. He said, this is where I'm going to meet with you, but it is my law that's going to be put inside of that ark. That's why it's called the Ark of the Covenant. It was God's covenant with man that was being put there. And if you look over into chapter 40, still here in, uh, in Exodus we find that uh, that second set of, of tables of, of stone with God's law in it, uh, in chapter 40, verse 20, when the tabernacle is built and the ark is, is, is put there, in chapter 40, verse 20, the Bible says, and he took and put the testimony into the ark and set the staves on the ark and put the mercy seat above upon the ark and he brought the ark into the tabernacle and set it up the veil of the covering and covered the ark of the testimony as the Lord commanded Moses. He put the testimony of God, the law of God, the covenant of God. He put it inside of the ark. And then the ark, the mercy seat, was set upon the top of that ark. Now, the broken law, which man broke from the very moment that God gave it to him, remember the law was never given to save man. The law was given that man might be able to see his sin. Yes, that is God's standard. Yes, it is holy, and it hasn't changed. There are those today that would like to say the law doesn't matter anymore, that it's put away. We're not living under the law, folks, but the law has not diminished. The law is still God's law. It's still his covenant. It is still his testimony. It shows us the holiness, the standards that our God himself lives by and what he expects of each and every one of us. But of course, the broken law could only ever minister one thing, and that was death. The, the law would never, ever save a soul. It would show man why that he would face death. It was only here in, 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 in the tabernacle where it was placed there that even there, Notice that it's interesting that even there as he's showing us this symbolism that the law of God had to be placed inside of the Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat upon it before that God could meet with man in his presence there. You see, God covered his broken law. First of all, it was placed inside of the Ark, and then it was covered with the mercy seat Thank God. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one. If you turn to, to, to Psalm 40, and, and, and most of you, I'm sure, will know what it means when we talk about uh, a messianic psalm. In other words, this was a psalm that was being written uh, by uh, David, but as he was writing this, it was written concerning the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And many of the things that he's foretelling here are the things that, that would come with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says here, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. 
and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than many be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. Who is the volume of the book written from? Who is it that's coming? It's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It wasn't that God required the, the burnt offerings and all of those things from the Old Testament. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that would ever meet God's requirement. Jesus said, lo, I come in the volume of the books. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. In the Old Testament, it shows us that, that God's law had to play, be placed inside the ark. It had to be inside the ark with God's mercy seat upon it. In the New Testament, it's the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who the ark is in. He is our ark, and God's written law is in his heart, and he's the only one that could ever make that claim that God's word was in his heart, that he had fulfilled everything that the Father had sent him to do. Folks, nobody was ever saved in the Old Testament. That tabernacle was there. That's the place that God would meet with his people, but in everything that he was showing them there. And of course, this would be placed within the Holy of Holies and the veil would be there. Of course, that was written twain when the Lord Jesus Christ had, had offered up his final sacrifice. Folks, what we need to grasp and understand is that even here, that law that was placed within that ark, the only way that God can be in our presence is for that law to be in the ark. God never came into their presence in there when that law was outside of the ark. The law has to be inside the ark, and that has to be covered with the mercy seat. In the New Testament, it's only Jesus Christ that fulfilled that law. Notice with me a couple of places. First of all, in the book of Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And look at what the Word of God says here. Colossians chapter 2. And again, for the sake of time, we won't read it all, but let's just, let's just pick up in verse 9. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, For in Him, in Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All of God is living physically in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And ye, the believer, Colossian believers here, and ye, the Bethel believers tonight, ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hand. You're set aside, you're marked for God, you're sealed for God, not with what is done by the physical hand, but what is done spiritually in putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are 
risen with him through faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, you hath he quickened together with him, with Jesus, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. Folks, that's the same law that was put inside of the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. It's being blotted out in the New Testament. It's not being closed up inside of a box that is symbolizing the Lord Jesus Christ. It's being blotted out by Jesus Christ himself because he fulfilled it to the T. To, to the he says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and what did he do with it? Took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Jesus Christ, you can't meet with God. I mean, it's just, it's another picture of what we've talked about so often. It's, it's the sin that divides us. It's the sin that separates us from God. God's broken law, God couldn't meet with man even in the tabernacle in the Old Testament unless that broken law was inside of the ark and the mercy seat was upon it. That's the only way that he could meet with them. In the New Testament, that same, that same sin, it's only through the forgiveness of our sins, that same, those ordinances being blotted out because Jesus Christ himself Took all of those times that you broke the law, and he nailed them to the cross when he was nailed there, blotting them out, nailing them to the cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing, triumphing them in it. The devil thought, <laughs> the devil thought that he was getting his way, maybe, <laughs> but Jesus showed him different. I want you to grasp and understand the beauty, the picture, those that, that take God's Word and they read it from cover to cover, even the symbolism that's there, even the pictures that He gives us in the Old Testament, they tie right in beautifully and wonderfully with, with the reality of the New Testament. He was showing His people what was required there. There, there's only one way that God can meet in their presence. Jesus Christ and His obedience he obeyed every one of those. That's why he can nail all the ones we broke. That's why he can nail them to the cross for you and I because he's the only one that ever lived. And you see, he spoke about that in the gospel of John chapter, chapter 17, uh, Jesus Christ him, himself in John chapter 17. Notice what he says. And of course, John chapter 17 is, is his prayer of intercession on, 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 on our behalf. Um, and notice what he, what he says here in John chapter 17, verse 1. He says, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Jesus said, I, 
Jesus, have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. You see, Jesus came and did, and he was showing in the Old Testament God wanted to meet with his people, but he couldn't meet with his people in the presence of the broken law. The laws had to be placed inside of the ark, and then the mercy seat had to go up on that ark, and then God would speak to them from above. The righteous demands of God were all completely met in Jesus Christ. We find that, uh, uh, that the whole design and everything from beginning to end, everything about the tabernacle and God meeting with his people, his presence, God's presence, was always in the holy, the holiest, right there with the Ark of the Covenant, with God's written ordinances and laws inside of the Ark, just as they're inside of the Lord Jesus Christ and his heart fulfilled every one in him, broken in us. And, of course, we'll talk about that mercy seat more, but the mercy seat placed right there upon that ark, and then God speaking to them from above. This evening, God wants to meet with each and every one of us, but the only way that God has ever been able to meet with any human being is when God's law, God's requirement was met and fulfilled in Jesus Christ. God's law in us is broken, but God's law in Jesus Christ is fulfilled every bit. That's why he was the only worthy sacrifice. He was the only one. Nobody else in all of the universe could have died on that cross and saved your soul except God himself. That's why Jesus came. That's why that he could speak these words even here as he's praying for us, as he's getting ready to be carried off and nailed to that cross. That's why he could say, I've glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. He came. He came to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. He came to nail your sins to that cross. As we look at that beautiful, beautiful picture in the Old Testament, the reality of it in the New Testament is even more beautiful. I can't, I can't imagine. I can, remember, I can remember when we had the school going here uh, full-time that uh, that we had actually built a, a model of the tabernacle with all the things that went in it, and, and it took a good period of time. And this is what Sister Maycock worked with the kids in all of their art classes and for such a long time to build that, uh, that, that model. And, and, and it's, it's an awesome sight to look in what everything, everything there is a picture, is symbolizes something. There's nothing more beautiful than that which symbolizes the Lord Jesus Christ himself. God meeting with his people. And we find that just as he had them there, just as he had them to place his law within the ark, it had to be in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's how we meet with him today. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, as we, as we look at this wonderful, beautiful picture in the Old Testament, and as we recognize there, Lord, that, uh, Lord, that, that, that you want to meet with your people, that you want to be in our presence. Lord, we realize that, that that can only be done when the sin problem is dealt with. And of course, our sin comes because we break your ordinances, your law, and we're all guilty of that. So therefore, we pray, Lord, we thank you so much, first of all, that, that you brought Jesus, that he could fulfill that law that we could, that he could be that sacrifice, that he would be able to, to take and be nailed to that cross, 
therefore nailing our ordinance, blotting all of those ordinances against us out because he nailed them to the cross there at Calvary. Lord, we thank you so much for that this evening, and I pray that you just help us, Lord. Help us to grasp if there's someone under the sound of our voice that doesn't know that their transgressions, their sins have been forgiven, have been blotted out, that they're still being held against them, then I pray, Lord, please, please speak to their hearts even now. But help us that are saved, Lord, to rejoice. It's nothing that we have done. You planned it all. There's never been another way. It's always been the same way. And everything in your word, it points to that event. Those few days right there, Lord, in Jerusalem, when Jesus went and died on the cross for us, when they put him in that tomb, and three days later, they found it empty. Lord, everything, everything from cover to cover points to that great time. And Lord, I thank you that even as we look at the, at the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, that it points to the Jesus of the New Testament. Thank you for what he's done for us. Thank you that he is. He is our Ark. He is the only Ark of safety that we can have. Lord, you, you gave the Ark the Covenant. You gave Noah the Ark that, that protects your people in that day, but we have the greatest Ark of all, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So we pray. Help us rejoice in that fact this evening. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.